Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and hit winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago sports betting show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. And a friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. You like sports betting, or you're at least interested in sports betting, because that's the name of the game here on Early Odds. You've seen eSports links on your favorite offshore site, and you probably ignored it. But maybe that's the wrong approach. I've always been curious about eSports, but never explored it any further. Since we're waiting on NFL training camps, college football, and the MLB trade deadline, I figured this was the perfect time to tackle betting on esports on this show. I have two guests lined up. The first one with a tutorial and the second guest on the betting aspects of esports. So learn about the fastest growing, and I say this with air quotes, sport in the world. On Twitter, I asked, does anybody know someone that can talk about esports, and then I got a message from my buddy Justin Hartling. I've known him for years. He worked at Odd Shark. I know him as a Rams fan, a wrestling expert, and then he would help me if I needed trends or some sort of a stat that would help me for the show related to sports betting. And he messaged me, says, "Hey, idiot! Every day I cover esports. This is what I do for my job now." He's now the business manager at Hot Spawn Esports. How you doing, Justin? Doing great, um, and hey. No worries about not remembering me. I'm sure you have tons of people on your Twitter. So I love the about the about. I can't even do it right. Uh, for those that don't know, Justin is from Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia. So uh, he's helping us long distance. Okay, let's go back to 101. I think I'm like much of the audience. I hear about esports. I have a vague idea of what it is, but if you ask me to go longer than a sentence about it, I probably can't fulfill that. What are esports? Esports is just competitive games where people play against one another. Obviously, money on the line tournaments, things like that. There's certain games that kind of meet that criteria to kind of get to that professional level. Games with, you know, certain levels of difficulty and depth to them. But at its very core, it's just competitive video games um, played by the best competitive video gamers in the world. All right, so you sell this. So you understand all the data and the rise of esports. 
How many people are involved esports one way or another? Even the betters too. It really too depends on the t- type of game or which game I should say. When we're talking about betting markets, they're huge in a game like CS:GO. All CS:GO broadcasts are heavily sponsored by different sports books. Odds are on the screen and things like that. Then you look at other games where it's not as big or as prevalent. You can still do it at pretty much any major book. Um, but games like League of Legends and Dota, they're not as as hardcore into the betting. They're more into kind of the non-endemic brands. You see a lot of companies like O'Henry or Red Bull or Kia sponsor those sorts of things. Whereas with CSGO, you tend to see a lot of uh, sports books get into it, which is actually really interesting. But if we're talking about the greater esports landscape, we're talking about literally hundreds of millions of people understand what esports are, call themselves esports fans. Because you have to think, if this is just something that's kind of growing in North America and in Europe. But the epicenter of all this is in Asia. And it has been going on there much longer than it has here. That really started with StarCraft kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's still massive there, but that was kind of the the real origin of kind of this modern-day esports. So as that grew, obviously, more and more people knew about it. If you look at kind of these Asian countries, places like Japan and China, and even down into uh, Southeast Asia and the Philippines and places like that, it's all people who are more interested in esports than they would be traditional sports because it's been there for so long. So kind of in North America and in Europe, it's still burgeoning. There's still a lot of people that know about it, but there's not those hardcore fans. We're just kind of starting to see the first generation of really hardcore esports fans. So I think it's only going to be growing from here. And there's been estimates that within 2022, I think it was, there will be over a billion dollars in revenue in esports in one year. So 2022, about a billion annually. Billion dollars. Justin, I've had this conversation with some of my coworkers over the last couple of years. Some on the younger end plan on being in sports media for the rest of their careers. If we'll ever get to a point where we need to cover esports in sports radio and podcasts or any sort of media, uh, do you think it'll ever go that mainstream in the United States? I do think that it's only a matter of time. And I think we're starting to see kind of the beginnings of that origin because there's a lot of games that are moving to a franchise model for their organizations. So obviously the the easiest connector is the NBA 2K League. 22 of the teams have their own NBA 2K team, and it's associated with it. It's branded like it. So it's very easy to be a fan there. We've seen it with the Overwatch League. They've put all of these teams as a city, city-based franchise model. So you have... Philadelphia Fusion, you have the New York Excelsior, you have all of these teams that are regionally based, which is kind of the easiest way to get into this traditional market in North America, I'm sure you are aware. It's really easy to basically back the team where you're from and get emotionally invested in that. And I think we're starting to see that. And Call of Duty next year is actually moving towards the franchise model as well. And a couple of uh, cities in Canada and the U.S. have already purchased their franchises. So I think that that's kind of the next step in the evolution in North American esports. And I think that will make it easier, especially in um, the markets where these are based, because it starts becoming hyper-localized. And you need to talk about these things because 
it's stuff happening in your community. It's stuff that supports your community. So I think it's only a matter of time before kind of the traditional media needs to start looking at esports in a more serious light. You've got Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Early Odds, and our guest, Justin Hartling. He's the business manager for Hot Spawn Esports. Now, you just mentioned NBA 2K there a moment ago, Justin, and, of course, FIFA is one of the most popular sports games out there. Do you see the rise in popularity with just sports games, or is it the other ones? Obviously, the sports games are kind of just growing. It is a little bit different when you look at it because the big three in esports right now in terms of games is League of Legends, Dota 2, and CSGO. Those are kind of your big three pillars, and they've been around for a very long time, and they've established themselves as the legit big esports properties. When you look at kind of the traditional games, the Maddens, the NHLs, the FIFAs, all of these, these leagues are just coming into existence and are just starting to be looked at as kind of that level of esports and in that professional sense. So I think we can get there to the point where maybe one of the big ones can rival it, especially FIFA in Europe. I think it will take a long time, though, and that's kind of the thing. Gamers, we're a very stubborn bunch, uh, so we like seeing these companies kind of struggle a little bit and kind of fight to make the place in the market. And that's what League of Legends and Dota and CSGO did. They were big games, but they were just internet games that over time kind of enveloped everything around competitive gaming. They became so important. So I think one of the things is we just have to see a longer established timeline for these more, I guess, traditional based esports. In sports radio, we live in the male 25 to 54 demographic. That's always been the target. Some stations end up skewing a little bit younger, and some are trying to do that, more for the longevity of the station. For esports in 2019, what's the target audience? If you're looking at it, the kind of the biggest demographic is the 18 to 28 range. That's the age when you kind of start getting to the point where you're an adult, but you still have kind of, I guess, what I'm going to call, because a lot of people still call video games kind of a kiddish thing. Mm -hmm. You still have that attachment to the things you did in your youth. At least that's right now. I think as we progress more, it'll be more accepted in the culture and it'll be a little easier. But that's kind of our main demographic is that 18 to 28 range um, and even younger. Some of the best players of esports in the world are 15 16. Some of them are as young as when you get into something like Fortnite. They're 13 years old, and they're the best players in the world. So it's really, it does skew a lot younger than kind of your traditional markets, and that also has a lot to do with the fact that esports is kind of this phenomenon hasn't been around that long. So we haven't had a, a long time for people to kind of age into older brackets. So, you know, a lot of the market is max 35, maybe 40 years old, it's not much past that because they've just never had it growing up. It wasn't part of their lives. So I think we're going to start seeing a more balanced look at kind of the demographics. But right now, it skews young. It's actually fairly even in in terms of gender disparity. It does lean a little little bit male, but it's actually pretty close. It's pretty close to 50-50 all in all, which I know a lot of people find surprising. That's amazing. Wow. That's, That's fascinating. Justin, we have some listeners thinking right now, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I want to see what this is about. How do they start getting involved in esports? The first thing is really you kind of just need to jump into it and see what kind of game you like. When we're talking about it in general, uh, games like League of Legends and Dota 
all, they're called MOBAs for multi-online battle arenas. Those tend to skew more towards the Asian market because these games at a time are 50 minutes, and they're very meticulous. And it's, you know, one little mistake can ruin an entire game. In North America, there tends to be more of a lean towards first-person shooters. So if, if that's something that excites you, kind of more action-packed, you can go on Twitch right now and you can go find CSGO or you can find Call of Duty or, you know, even Overwatch. And these are games that are very easy to understand at its basic level. And, you know, once you start watching them, they just start adding up all of these little details that you pick up over time. So the big thing is just kind of find the thing that interests you. I think CSGO probably is the easiest one, uh, the lowest barrier of entry. You can kind of just flick that on, and within five or ten minutes, you have a general gist of what is actually happening in the game. Very cool, Justin, and informative. So I appreciate you coming on Early Odds. Business Manager for Hot Spawn Esports. Follow him on Twitter, at Justin Hartling. And, uh, Justin, you still tweet out some wrestling picks for the people from time to time, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, my <laughs> Twitter is a mixture of esports, wrestling, and MMA, and that's about it. Don't expect anything else there now. Okay, we transition a little bit here on Early Odds. So you know about esports a little bit. Did you know that you can also bet a bunch on esports. So let's cover that aspect of it. Now joining me, Adam, and he's on Twitter at Lock E Querty. So L O C K E Q U E R T Y, top of the keyboard right there. How you doing, Adam? Good. Good show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Okay. Let the audience know where you are and what do you do? So I'm uh, currently located in England. Been here for six-ish years now. And for the last, I guess, going on four and a half, I've been betting sports for a living. And uh, about uh, 40% of my annual volume is in eSports, which uh, was something that when I placed my first uh, wager with Pinnacle you know, 11 years ago, I never actually thought that uh, I'd ever be into. You know, I, I grew up uh, in my early 30s. Uh, I grew up as a gamer. Uh, it was sort of my generation's thing to start to... Uh, you know, asking for a PlayStation for Christmas or N64, that sort of thing. But uh, in the last decade, uh, esports has developed into a legitimate enterprise in terms of both viewership, investments, and uh, now the books are getting on board with it for the last... They've blown up really over the last three-ish years, they say, into mainstream uh, bookmaking. Yeah, when I would see the esports tab on various offshore sites, I used to laugh at that. And and it reminded me, Adam, of years and years ago, the earlier days of sports betting, when I would see use your Bitcoin here on sportsbook sites when yes. Bitcoin was about a hundred bucks, and then it reached twenty k a couple of years ago. Remember that? Yeah. When I see yeah. something like esports, I'm not going to laugh anymore. I'll get some info about it because I don't want to miss out on anything. Exactly, and that's the right approach. And that's a great analogy for another reason, Joe, is that. Uh, Bitcoin books were some of the first ones to start uh, offering esports betting uh, simply because they were more in tune with what the younger generation was looking for. So like your nitrogen sports was one, and, and they still do, but the, the mainstream books um, have definitely caught up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not American, so I can't comment on what you know, casinos are offering, although I, I, do, I did read an article, uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, saying that the Tropicana and the Palms 
were both looking at offering esports markets. Now, I don't know if that's true. Mm. It was it was, it was in an, uh, an article by Wired. You, you know, when, once you've made it to Vegas, you've sort of done it, right? Isn't that the way it goes? Well, you should look into it. Some of these books should. And what's going on right now in the States is New Jersey is more on the cutting edge. They're offering things that Nevada is not. And Nevada, the, the handle isn't as much as Jersey. At least that was the case back in May. We'll see how the coming months it, it evolves. But we're going to have legalized sports where I am in the state of Illinois sometime during the football season, we guess. Wow. So what do the noobs that want to bet on esports need to know? First of all, let's just address what a lot of, I think, traditional bettors have issue with. Esports are not sports. You don't have to, you know, get into the mindset that, you know, they're not athletes. They're not, they don't call themselves athletes or anything like that. Esports is just electronic sports. So think of it like email. Electronic mail, you don't need to have a big issue with, well, it's not really going to the postal service, right? So that's just off the bat. Um, in terms of actual understanding the, the depth of it, there are a limitless amount of titles that are sort of trying to get into the industry every year. The mainstream games, like you think of your NFL, your baseball, tennis, football, footballs and soccer. Sorry, I've lived in England now. I do call it football. <laughs> um, me for a minute, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've converted me. But um, in terms of the actual... Uh, titles that are most mainstream, you have Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which is a first-person shooter. It's been around for 20 years. It just celebrated its 20th anniversary this year. And then you have two MOBAs, which are multiplayer online battle arenas, and they are League of Legends and Dota. And those three games, they sort of monopolize the viewership for most of the last five, ten years as well as the betting volume from the books. So because of the amount of viewership those three games get, there's the most data available uh, online. There's people well into uh, building sports betting models for them, coming up with systems. I have a few of my own. I only just got into League of Legends betting this year. I, I've been working on something for about a year and a half now. Just like you, if you want to be a successful investor in other sports, you want consistency, the long-term profit, knowing that what you have established is actually going to give you returns. And you can have, you know, the casual fan who maybe they used to play Counter-Strike. They, they like how easy it is to follow. They want to, you know, put a punt down on a Friday night uh, match. That's fair enough. You can pretty much look at any of the, the big books uh, offshore, the UK books, as well as uh, some of the... I get like the bookmakers, you wagers, five dimes. Those books are all starting to get into the space, and they will have bigger events offered. This is Early Odds on Sports Radio 670. The score, my name, Joe Ostrowski. My guest, Adam, he's an esports contributor to SBR Sports Picks and Odds Market. All right, Adam, you've been doing this for six years. Do you think you have an advantage over the house? So, one of the best things about betting esports is. That, and, and I'm very adamant about this. I, I've been tracking the results of opening lines compared to closing lines for some time now. And I don't believe there is enough sharp money or enough, I guess, there's no syndicates moving lines. There's no um, you know, bots that are hitting lines repeatedly. I do not believe that there is true closing line value from open 
until uh, the close in esports at this moment. What I tell people that I'm involved with that, you know, are, you know I, I, I do have in our Discord channel and other channels, there's a lot of young 20-somethings getting into betting for the first time. And I, all I tell them is focus on the number you're getting. What is the probability that you have figured out that this team will win this amount of times? And if you focus on that, you can find, if you have accounts with maybe just three or four books, huge ranges of odds from one to another. There were, I, I did a show today for SBR, and on the show I gave out um, a team called North to beat Fanatic, and they're currently losing. I got them at 1.8, which was uh, it's minus 125, and uh, that closed at 1.61 at Pinnacle, okay? That's huge closing line value in about 13 minutes from when I gave it out to when it closed. Mm. And they got absolutely crushed on that point. I don't know how it's going on that, too, because we're doing the show and I'm focused on that. But uh, this is just one, of course, anecdotal example. But so I, you're, you're moving I, markets. That's what you're telling us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I have to say um, I'm a believer in small risk, high volume. So I'm betting half a unit to maybe max. My max bet is two units, two units risk. And I'm not a max limit better. I will never need to be because esports markets are so soft. And and even at sharp books, like Bookmaker, like uh, Pinnacle, and if your bankroll is big enough and you've got a you know fifteen hundred uh, dollar unit size, you could probably just arbitrage from one book to another mm. and bring home a pretty penny every single day that you do it. There is just huge discrepancy between books, and I think that is alone the biggest reason to get into esports. Fine Adam's work, SBR Sports Picks, and Odds Market. Adam, this was a big help. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Early Odds. We're going to have to do this again when we have a little bit more time. Absolutely, Joe. I have so many. I, I put together a few notes because uh, I wasn't sure how, how in-depth we wanted to get, but anytime you want to do a part two, just uh, hit me. Adam from SBR Sports Picks on betting esports. Before Adam, Justin Hartling gave us a 101 session on esports. I hope you guys got something out of that just like I did. Answered a lot of questions that I've had for a very, very long time. Most of us get busy on Saturday mornings. I get it. So subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. It's on iTunes and your favorite platform of choice. I am on Twitter at Joe0670, so you can follow and hit me up over there. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito is coming up next. Best of luck, everyone. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 